Tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, Vendetti Optics, and you, our listeners. And I'll say this about Uranus. It was interesting to explore Uranus. Um, we, we poked around in Uranus for a while. And, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was a good time in Uranus. is up all of you wayward souls and welcome back to the wayward stories podcast wayward stories is the podcast where we tell the tales of our adventures and our wanderings and our wonderings and uh we do have a tale of some wandering tonight y'all kind of excited to tell you guys about tonight's show kind of came out of the blue kind of a last minute seat of your pants little adventure that i took over the weekend and uh you know it kind of perfectly frames up my entire worldview as far as it comes to getting out and exploring and adventuring. So I'm excited to talk about that tonight. It is Memorial Day as we speak right now, right this moment. Today is Memorial Day. Yeah, as you're listening to this, you may be like, yo, Justin, that was yesterday. Yeah, you're right. I'm recording the day before I need to drop an episode. It's been a long weekend. Um, And for that matter, it's been a long week. Y'all, y'all. Okay, I had COVID ever since last Sunday. It's been a week Sunday that I've had COVID. And like, gosh, what in the hell, y'all? I've had every strain of COVID that has come down the line since day one. I mean, I think. I don't know how many strains there are now. But the first three major named strains, I had all of those. And then this thing happened like last Sunday. And I like... Last Sunday kind of wanted to die at certain points. I The first three strains didn't hit me like this. The first three, I had like shortness of breath for a few weeks, you know, whatever. This was like death. And I wanted it. Like I, I would have welcomed death, I think. I've never felt that bad in my life. And it was like fast onset. It was like out of the blue. Bam. In my head, I swear to God, there was a jackhammer in my head. It was horrid. It was absolutely horrible. And then like the rest of the week, like it got like the head got better. Like after one day ish, right? Like I didn't want to die anymore necessarily, but I wasn't feeling good. But then like it like moved down into my lungs and then it became like gastrointestinal. And it was like, this was a horrible, horrible set of circumstances. This COVID thing is BS and I am so, so freaking over it. I'm still sick right now. I still don't feel good. Like, I still don't feel good, but somewhat significantly better. But I'll tell you what, let me tell you something. I don't know if any of you guys ran into this that have had any of these strains of COVID. This is the first time I've ran into this. This one seemed to bring with it, like, some very real symptoms of depression. Like, I mean, like, real depression, not like situational depression. Like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm sick of being stuck in the house. I'm sick of feeling bad. I feel depressed. Like, it wasn't the kind of down the dumps like that. I mean, it was like existential dread on we kind of like for real for real chemical imbalance kind of depression is what it felt like and it sucked and it still sucks i'm still dealing with it right now if i'm being completely honest with you guys right this second i don't even want to be making this podcast right now because in my brain's like what's the point any of you guys that have ever suffered from very real true depression you know what i'm talking about like i had a friend one time that was talking about it and he's like you know i mean one of the upsides of depression is all the money you save on personal care products it's not funny but it's funny because if you've ever had depression you know what the hell he's talking about you just don't care anymore 
You just don't care anymore. And that's what this onset of COVID has brought with it. Something I haven't struggled with in like probably 14 or 15 years. I used to as a young person. It runs in my family. It went away a long time ago. No idea why. Might have happened with like a, a diet change, I think, back when I you know married into a Jewish family and I started eating biblically kosher, like clean. And like it kind of coincided with that. And I always just chalked it up to like, eh, either I grew out of it or maybe my diet change changed it. Who knows? But it changed. And so I haven't dealt with the real thing in a lot of years. And I don't miss it. I don't miss it. Because this is sucked. And I am over it. I am so over it. But I am pushing through because we've got to get an episode out. And one thing I do know from my past battles with depression many years ago is life still goes on. And anything that you let fall by the wayside while you were suffering from depression, well, it's still falling by the wayside when you come out the other side. So as a mature adult, I've decided that no matter how I feel today, we're going to make an episode and we're going to do our darn darndest to get it pushed out there for you guys. Um, what else do I want to, Ooh, okay. Feedback. I got some feedback on the yuppies episode. I was expecting like to take some blowback. I didn't get any blowback. You guys, I did not get any blowback, believe it or not. I got like an overwhelmingly positive response to my whole little thing about the yuppies, the outdoor yuppies. You would be surprised how many people feel exactly like I do. Like so many of you do. I just thought that was, I don't know. It was just very interesting to me. I expected to take some blowback. I expected to take a little heat, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. I want to talk about what I want to talk about. And shockingly, I haven't received a single ounce of blowback, probably because yuppies aren't listening to my podcast. Um, They're not even really interested in the outdoors, except for the likes on social media, right? So anyway, I got no blowback whatsoever, but I have gotten a ton of positive responses from you guys. So that was really, really interesting for me. That was kind of funny to me in a way. Um, also, in other news, I got a new review. I always told you guys that I'll shout anyone out that gives us new reviews. I got a new review on Apple Podcast from a Jason M. 1911, I think it was. And he just said that, you know, he loves the show and it helps him get through his work day. So Jason, if you're out there still listening, thank you so much for the review. I appreciate it more than you know. Um, it is very, very helpful. And um, I'm glad that I can help you get through the work day because that's why I do it, man. Like I love just trying to add another voice out there, something of interest that maybe can help people get through another day of drudgery. And uh, that just, that makes my soul happy. And thank you so much for, uh, for leaving a review. And, you know, that segues nicely into one little last piece of um, housekeeping here, which is y'all support the show. Like go and leave a review like Jason did and so many others. If you have five minutes, even like one minute, what am I talking about? Five minutes. If you've got one minute, go and just like leave a little review, leave us five stars. If you think we're worth five stars, like that is so significant. It makes a huge difference for us guys. Um, And other than that, if you want to monetarily support the show, Go over to patreon.com forward slash wayward stories. And that also would be greatly appreciated. I'm not going to beg for money, but it's also hard to do this. Y'all, I've been actually keeping track for the first time in a long time of how much it costs to make this uh, podcast happen. It's like a lot more money than I actually uh, realized because I usually just kind of deal with it, you know, and just swipe the card and go on. Um, yeah, it costs a little bit of money. So if you guys want to support the show, I would greatly appreciate it. And you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wayward stories. So anyway, other than that, let's get into tonight's show. 
So what are we going to talk about this week? Well, we are going to talk about a little road trip adventure I took through the Missouri Ozarks this weekend. Um, it is uh, indicative. It's very indicative of just like exactly the kind of person that I am when it comes to road trips. You guys know we've talked about it many, many times over, but I'm all about the adventure, guys. I'm all about the like unknown of the up and open road. Like what the heck's out there? Let's go see. Like, I don't really care for itineraries that much outside of just setting like a start point and an end point as far as time goes. And Hey, I have this much money to work with, whatever, this much time, this much money. Now let's go be irresponsible. Right. Um, I just like to go and see what happens, but it helps to have like a destination at least like, Hey, where's a starting point? What's something I want to go check out. Um, and so like, as I rolled through this week, told you now just now i had covid all week and been dealing with these weird depression symptoms from covid which have really been messing with my head um and so like i wasn't really thinking about it honestly we weren't sure i wasn't sure what we were going to do this weekend like i wasn't even sure until like a week you know maybe a little over a week ago that i wasn't going to have my daughter this weekend and then like turns out i don't so i'm like three whole days actually i even get off a little bit early on fridays before a holiday you know, like a whole long weekend. I have to go do something. But I felt like crap and I had no desire to do anything because of like this COVID stuff. So I was kind of like playing it by the seat of our pants. Honestly, like we were just going to wait. I was going to wait and we'll say, well, look, we'll get to this weekend. And when it's this weekend, we'll see how we feel. Because I wasn't the only one with COVID. We both had COVID. Me and my companion. It was kind of messed up. We both got pretty jacked up on it. Um... So I was like, well, let's, let's wait and see and play this out and we'll see what happens. So roll around get to Friday night, head out, go up there, stay up. And it's like, look, not tonight, man. I ain't feeling nothing tonight, but come Saturday morning, it's like, you know what? I think cause I went, had, we were kind of feeling better towards the end of the week. And it's like, you know what? I feel like I feel good enough to probably try a thing. We need to get out of here. We cannot sit here all freaking weekend like that would be miserable it'd be way worse than miserable to roll around a monday night and then have to go back to work tuesday and literally have wasted the entire long weekend so it was decided okay we do have to do a thing but nothing had been planned had a whole week to plan but there was no planning because everyone was trying not to die from covid right like that was primary goal number one get through the week and don't die let me tell you something going to work all week with covid is one one of the worst experiences i've had and i can't remember when but anyway so it was decided through like, it's almost like a serendipity of sorts. It was like, I kind of pulled up my phone and was looking real quick and I was like, Hey, you know what? Like, here's this place up here in Missouri that I've been thinking about, um, ever since I was going around in St. Louis and I never got down there. Cause it's actually a pretty good kick away from St. Louis, a few clicks to the East or West. Um, and she was like, wait, no, Hey, look at that. I was actually going to send you that like the other day. Cause it came across my timeline. And anyway, what it is was ha ha Tonka state park up by the Lake of the Ozarks, kind of in the center point of Missouri. Um, and it's up off of Interstate 44. And anyways, like, well, heck, you saw it. I just saw it this morning. You know what? That's about four hours away. Let's do it. Let's road trip. And you know what? We'll go by the seat of our pants. Let's just grab our junk. The way the old wayward son has always done it, right? Let's grab our junk. Let's hit the road. Let's get up there. Let's explore this place. And then we'll see if we can find a place to stay which I knew was going to be an adventure in its own right. Cause it's Memorial day weekend. Everything's all booked up or whatever, but I was like, I don't care. Let's just go. Let's just go. That's what makes it fun. That's to me. That's what makes the road trip so much fun guys is who knows what's going to happen. 
that's what makes it exciting. Let's just go see. We'll see what we can get into and see where we land. And like, it's always going to be something new and exciting to check out, right? There's always something. So that's exactly what we did. So we took off a road trip on our way up to Haha ha Tonka State Park up in the middle part of Missouri, up on the Lake of the Ozarks. So I've got my little brochure here. I kept my stuff over the weekend so I'd be able to give you guys good information as I always try to. So I'm going to read you like the little um, state park brochure, just a little overview of Haha ha Tonka State Park and uh, kind of give you guys an idea of what is up there. And then I'll tell you what we got into there. And it is a really cool place. Like it was a really neat place. I enjoyed the heck out of it, y'all. It was super neat. Um, let's see here where nature and history come together. Haha ha Tonka State Park. With its intriguing history and outstanding geologic features, Haha ha Tonka State Park is one, of, one state park that should not be missed. The park is a geologic wonderland with sinkholes, caves, a huge natural bridge, sheer bluffs, and Missouri's 12th largest spring. The ruins of a turn-of-the-century stone castle overlook these wonders and offer impressive views of the Lake of the Ozarks and Haha ha Tonka Spring. A series of trails and boardwalks make it easy for visitors to experience all the park has to offer, from its historic castle and geo geologic wonders to its wooded area and open rocky glades. Picnic sites beckon visitors for a relaxing lunch in a scenic setting unparalleled in the lake area. All these fascinating features combine to create a park that can be explored and enjoyed time after time. And guys, it um, really is a very neat park. I'm going to give you a little bit of the history here too. I'm going to read this a little bit more because I want you to understand you may have, your ears may have perked up like me. The whole reason I actually went was that you heard turn of the century castle, ruins of a castle. Yes. Yes, you heard right. So let me read this portion of the history to you real quickly. In 1903, Robert M. Snyder, a wealthy Kansas City businessman, visited the area and was so impressed that he began purchasing land to build his private retreat. He envisioned a European-style castle with 60 rooms and a center atrium rising three and one-half stories to a skylight. He also planned a water tower, greenhouses, and a stable. The materials were extracted from the area, with sandstone quarried nearby and transported by a mule-drawn wagon and miniature railroad. Construction began in 1905, but was halted a year later with the death of Snyder in one of the state's first automobile accidents. Snyder's sons finished the structure in 1922, although not quite as elaborately as originally planned. The castle originally overlooked a small spring-fed lake, and in the 1920s, the Snyders fought to stop the construction of the Bagnell Dam, but they failed, and the resulting Lake of the Ozarks divided the estate and consumed the small lake. Eventually, the property was leased for use as a hotel, and in 1942, sparks from a chimney ignited the roof and fire gutted the castle. The carriage house burned the same day, and later, in 1976, the water tower was burned by vandals. Today, only the ruins remain. So, this castle <laughs> is as big and as impressive of a ruin as it sounds like 60 rooms three and a half stories at the center and it is huge and the ruins stand here atop this bluff y'all freaking rich people like they're always the same like i look at jeff bezos acting like a giant <sighs> deal weed with a cowboy hat 
acting like some wannabe space cowboy because he rocketed himself for $11 million a second or whatever the hell it was to the edge of space, didn't even go into outer space and acts like he's some kind of a freaking hero while his damn workers barely get by on less than living wages. And then I see this guy who's like, you know what? Uh, Let's just build a 60 freaking room mansion castle on top of a bluff on like 5,000 acres. I just kind of want to buy in the middle of nowhere for a summer getaway for a summer getaway. Ah, ah, okay, fine, fine. You made your money. You earned it, whatever, but that's just ridiculous. But anyway, it's really impressive and it's super cool and you can go up and you can't go in there anymore. Of course, as is usually the case because of like liability reasons and people are stupid, but you can't get in there. There's a fence around it now, um, but you can get very, very close to many portions of the ruins. You can go to the water tower and what remains of it. And it is super impressive to see up close y'all. It is, it's a really, really neat sight. You can see the carriage house. You can get pretty darn close to it. And then the castle itself, it's, you can get more than close enough to really get an idea of the scale of this thing. And it is massive. Like, it is huge. When you're standing on, I would say it's the West End, I'm thinking, and you're looking back to the East, and you can see how tall, you know, that's how three and a half stories is talking about. Like, it's there. You can see it. Some of the remaining walls are easily that high, and you can see the entire interior, because this thing was gutted, and pieces, you know, portions of the walls have collapsed, but huge portions remain that are three and a half stories tall, and it is impressive to see. And when you're standing up there on this bluff, And you're overlooking the Ozarks and you're overlooking what's now Lake of the Ozarks. But of course, back then there wouldn't have been there, but there was like the spring at the bottom, the Haha Tonka spring. There was all this beauty. Like I'm talking guys, it's on the face of a bluff. That's overlooking just this giant, amazing Vista out across the Ozarks, the Missouri Ozarks. And it is absolutely gorgeous. This dude had it. The idea, man. I mean, it's probably a shame he didn't live to see it. It, it, it is absolutely impressive. You can imagine, you can put yourself there pretty easily and go, wow, can you imagine being up on that third story? You know, I mean, right here, I can look off this overlook and see how beautiful this view is, but put me up another 30 or 40 feet above the trees in a freaking mansion castle thing from the turn of the century. It is, it would be super cool. It's really a trip, y'all. It's a trip. And then it's a trip back in time. You can kind of see how people thought and how they were back then. Like they were all about getting out. And there was this whole sportsman thing back then. And they did, you know, they'd go out and they'd have their little hunting parties or they'd have their fishing parties. Like there's that whole, like up in the the Adirondacks and stuff in New York state and up in uh, the Northeast part of the United States, there was kind of that whole, like, well, it's kind of like where Field and Stream came from. Have you ever seen like a freaking issue of Field and Stream from the 1950s? They're really, really cool. And it was all about the modern sportsmen. And, you know, they were just like guys out there in their little hunting vest and their old shotguns. And it's just a whole vibe. It was just a whole thing. And it was a whole vibe. And, and that was kind of pervasive in our society back then. And that's what like this guy was trying to do. He bought like 5,000 acres of just freaking undeveloped Missouri Ozarks and decided he's going to build this giant getaway castle. And like, there's a whole vibe there and you can kind of tap into that. If you know that history, you can kind of picture it in your head of what these people were doing. And is it exorbitant? Is it freaking like ludicrous in many ways? Yeah, the hell it was for a guy like the 60 story. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But it's still really neat to think about. There's still a lot of history there and you can go up there and see this and it kind of like incites that 
sense of awe and wonder, just like the things people have done and what they did. And you can sit there and imagine them trying to build this place and bringing these stones quarried up from down the side of the mountain there. You can hike down to where this quarry, where it came from, and probably get an idea of where that little miniature railway was and the horse-drawn carts, the donkey-drawn carts, and go like, gosh, man, the engineering marvels that people pulled off with, you know, turn of the last century, like there was some pretty impressive and amazing stuff that went on. You got to go up there and see it for yourself. It's totally worth the trip to go see that. But as this says, there are lots and lots of really cool things to check out here. And we checked out a few more too. So I'm going to read you just a little bit about the natural features because of course the state parks guide is going to say it better than I could. But Essentially, what you have is the Ozarks. We've talked about this before. In the Ozarks, you have series like karst photography. There's all kinds of sinkholes. There's there's stream induction, subduction. There's um, uh, steam, stream piracy. Like there's all this stuff because like the the water absorbs and disintegrates the minerals in the limestone, and then caverns form, and then sinkholes happen, and caves collapse, and it's it's really gorgeous, and it makes for really fascinating terrain. Um, so I'm gonna let the state park guide here tell you a little bit about that. And then I'll tell you again about our experience there. Natural features. Haha Tonka state park is Missouri's premier showcase of karst geology in the unique in it and is unique in the quality and number of its remarkable geologic features. Karst topography is the result of dissolving action of water on the bedrock and is characterized by cave sinkholes, springs, and natural bridges. It's easy to see why Haha Tonka State Park is a karst showcase with a natural bridge that is 70 feet wide, spans 60 feet, and reaches more than 100 feet into the air. Beyond the natural bridge is the Colosseum, a theater-like sinkhole that was formed by the collapse of a giant cavern and measured 500 feet long by 300 feet wide. And the Whispering Dell sinkhole basin is 150 feet deep with two bluff shelters, Counterfeiter's Cave and Robber's Cave, and Bear Cave. All three were said to be used as hideouts by criminals in the 1830s. The collapse of a giant cavern created a gorge with 250-foot high bluffs, an impressive setting for Hahatonka Spring. The spring, Missouri's 12th largest, discharges more than 48 million gallons of water daily into the stream that flows into the Lake of the Ozarks. So, anyway around it, it's super fascinating and beautiful place, guys. We went down and went to the uh, Coliseum area, which you hike under the natural bridge, which is super cool. It really is. It's impressive, y'all. Like, the, the sheer bluff walls, like, when you're coming up to the natural bridge are very, very, like, they're very beautiful, but it's very dramatic, right? And then you walk into, like, this, like, kind of low natural cavern, but you're walking right through to the other side that's wide open into this giant, like, collapsed cavern that has become this huge bowl. And that's why they call it the Colosseum, is because if you think about the Roman Colosseum, right, you think of, like, a giant, like, Roman amphitheater or even a Greek amphitheater or anything like that. The Colosseum is a great way to put it. It's this giant bowl-shaped area where they're seating all up around the sides, right? And then everything kind of happens down at the bottom in the center. Well, that's kind of like what this big terrain feature is shaped like. It's shaped like a giant Colosseum, but it's filled with trees, of course. So it's not as easy to see mentally as you might think. But as you walk along the trail, you go under the natural bridge. And as you go along the trail... 
you start to realize, man, that valley floor is way down there below me. I'm looking down at the top of some, you know, significant sized trees down there. And you're up here on the side looking up sheer bluff straight up. And then suddenly it kind of like starts to dawn on you. It's like, okay, well, number one, I see the call of Seam, like the analogy here. I can see the analogy and this is really pretty impressive. But then as you look around and you're looking up these sheer bluffs, which are gorgeous, and then you're looking down in this valley and you're in this like old growth kind of forest here and you start realizing everything that I'm standing on and everything below me was once above me over this enormous area. This is, we're talking like, what did it say? 500 by 300 feet. Think about that was just a huge like cavern. It was the, the land was actually above you on top of what was the natural bridge. And then it's all just collapsed into the ground. And can you imagine? Think about that. That means that the actual cave, the cavern itself, the cave floor and anything that might have been in that cavern that you would have accessed via the natural bridge at some point in history is buried under what was above it. And that's just fascinating to me. That's fascinating to me. Like I'm not even into geology, but I am kind of into history. And like, there's just something about that. Cause when you start talking about like, what is it? Le, um, oh gosh, what is the cave in France? Le Chauvet cave. Um, oh no, Chauvet, Chauvet cave in France. And it's got, you know, cave art in it. That's 33,000 years old. Like some of the earliest known depictions of animals that we have like in human cultural material culture. I mean, who knows what was in this cave? You know what I mean? Because the Osage, like the, the name, you might've thought that too. Ha ha Tonka. What does that mean? The name, like it's a, it's probably an, it, well, it is an Anglo, Anglo, Anglicanization of an Osage word that means, um, well, the park attendant told us that it meant, um, what was it? Roaring waters. But I also heard it also said somewhere else in reading that it meant laughing waters. But anyway, it was just talking about the, you know, the sprinkling and tinkling of the water as it rolls out of the, uh, ha ha Tonka spring. And it's an Osage word that essentially means laughing waters, something to that effect. Um, and they lived in this area. Like I just recently discovered, cause like this is something I've been coming up against in this program that I've been working on for the national park services. I'm having to deal with some of the Osage stuff. It's about the Cherokee, but the Cherokee and the Osage butted heads quite a bit, um, as they were being removed via their trail of tears. So I'm having to do some more learning about the Osage. And I just discovered the other day that Osage had a ginormous swath of the middle of America huge chunk of Missouri, huge chunk of Arkansas, big portions of Oklahoma and what's now Kansas. Like all of that was at one point like Osage nation. And anyway, so the Osage were in this area. And then of course the Mississippian culture was there before that time. Like guys. And of course you go back into paleo Indian times, like there's who knows what could have been in a cave of that size, what kind of, uh, of cultural resources there could have been in that cave. And it's just kind of fascinating thing for a nerd like me, that this huge cavern, like a what 300 by 500 foot, just freaking of the earth just collapsed into the earth and buried anything that might've been in that cave. And it's just fascinating to think about. And I wonder if it even know, if they even know at what point that may have occurred, but anyway, around it, it's a cool hike that I can tell you what it means to you. Any of you that aren't nerds like me is it's a really cool hike. It's beautiful to go down under the natural bridge. It's quite breathtaking. It's a very striking natural feature. And you come out the other side and you're out in this little Coliseum 
area, so to speak. And it's just like super beautiful. It's really gorgeous down in there. It's a really fascinating thing to see. There's a lot to see there, guys. This Hahatonka State Park up in all, right on the Lake of the Ozarks in the center part of Missouri is something. It's a great little adventure for anyone to take, especially for the family, guys. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Kids love to see these castle ruins. They're going to love the hikes and like that, this hike in particular talking about going down under the natural bridge into the, uh, into the Coliseum. That's super easy hike. Kids can do that all day long and they'll love going down and playing under the natural bridge. And there's several other things you can hike down to Haha Tonka spring. You can see that you can see many of these little caves. There's a lot going on there that will keep your whole family busy for like the whole dang day easily, if not longer. And then you got the Lake of the Ozarks right next to you. You can go explore around all those little towns up on the Lake of the Ozarks. There's plenty of places to grab a meal. Anyway, around it, Haha Tonka State Park was really cool. And it worked out to be like a super win. Like it was a super win. We made a super good call choosing to go there because I was able to get to see some of this cool cultural resources that were there. Learn about the Osage in this part of Missouri, something that's actually useful and applicable to me in my field of study and things that I care about and kind of be able to bring you guys another little place for y'all to go check out something for you guys to go explore down the road. And then we wrapped up there and it was starting to get late, right? Wrapping up at Haha Tonka State Park. And then it was like, okay, now what are we going to do now? We got to find a place to stay, right? And of course, everything's booked up. So we thought we'll just drive up and just enjoy the kind of sunset, the the magic hour. And we'll cruise up along the lake and see what sights there are to see. It's beautiful, guys. It is beautiful up there. Look, we'll just enjoy this part, you know, this time of the day because it's gorgeous to drive in. And we'll just cruise through some of these little towns and communities along the lake and see if we can't find a place to stay and see if we can hunt down dinner. And I will tell you this. We were much more successful at hunting down dinner than we were a place to stay. As you might imagine, anywhere to stay on a lake like the Lake of the Ozarks on Memorial Day. But I knew that going in, right? I knew that going in. And that's how I've always rolled. I don't really care if I'm not going to be able to find a place to stay because I will find a place to stay. One way or another, there will be a place to lay my weary head, right? That's what makes it an adventure. So we were on it. We found a place for dinner. And I want to tell you this too. You want to talk about hit the spot. I'd been craving like cheesy breadsticks for like all week. And I'm assuming it had to do with the COVID. Like, I don't know if this is a thing. Have you guys ever run into this? Like, I believe this full heart, like wholeheartedly. Your body somehow is very intelligent and knows exactly what it needs when you're sick. You ever been really sick? Like you couldn't eat anything, didn't want to eat anything. But then like you start getting better and you come out of being sick a little bit and you're craving just like the most rando crap, some random place, you know, some random burrito from a random restaurant that you haven't eaten in like 11 years or something. But your body, like all you can think about is that damn burrito. And then you finally just break down and you go find the burrito and you get the burrito and you eat the burrito and you feel like a million bucks. Our bodies somehow know if you will listen to your body. Our bodies somehow know what's missing. And so I had been craving freaking cheesy breadsticks of all damn things. Like the whole week I was sick, but I couldn't eat anything. Because, I mean, it was bad. Like it was bad, bad. You don't want to know what happened if I ate stuff over the last week. Not feeling good. So anyway, I was feeling pretty good. And we were like, you know what? Pizza sounds great. Cheesy breadsticks sound great. And so we, we found a place to have pizza and cheesy breadsticks. And let me tell you something. You want to talk about hit the spot. And I mean like hit it hard. 
I felt so much better. I felt completely satisfied. Like I was so, so happy. And it just like, it was the perfect end to this like adventurous day of exploring and getting hot and sweaty and kind of sweating off a bunch of the COVID toxic crap in the body and, and getting a sunburn and to be able to sit down and eat a freaking greasy, cheesy, wonderful, like culinary goodness. And it just hit the spot and make you feel like a million times better than you have in over a week. Oh my God. It was the perfect way, perfect way to end that day. And then reality set in. There's nowhere to stay. Okay. So what are we going to do now? So we decided to keep driving, but we're going to head back down towards Interstate 44. So we head down towards St. Robert, um, Fort Leonard Wood, and we start trying to find a place to stay, right? And this becomes a whole adventure in its own right. But anyway, long story short, booked a place on an online booking deal, made a bunch of phone calls, and everyone's like, nope, ain't got nothing. Nope, ain't got nothing. Whatever. Made made a made a a booking, an online booking. Get to the place and they're like, um, we're so sorry, but we literally are booked up and we have been for, you know, a long time. You know, whatever. We don't have anything. I don't know how they booked something here because we don't have anything to book you. And so that became its own little nightmare of fighting with this little booking company about you don't give us the money back. You know that, right? Because you can't like take our money and then give us a place that there is no place to stay and we're going to be stuck here. So while we were fighting with that over here on the one hand, I started looking around and looked over just across the street and saw this other hotel and there was like not any cars in the parking lot. And I thought, you know what? That's probably a bad sign, but right now it might be a very good sign, at least for us. So we drove across the street. I walked inside and sure enough, they had rooms. And I believe, and I'm going to tell you guys this, the reason I'm telling you this is because it's hard to come across cheap rooms that are clean and safe and like a nice place to stay. So I'm going to tell you this real quick. I believe it's in St. Robert and it was called, I believe America's best value in it's like a cheap, like hotel, like, okay. Like it's not anything fancy. It's like kind of bottom tier as far as brands go, but we were desperate, right? We were desperate. So I go in ladies behind the counter. She got like her little three or four year old back there and he is like raising holy hell, just flying around back there behind the, just jumping from chair to chair, giving me gray hairs and I ain't got no hair. Right. Like reminds me of why it made me appreciate how much I love having a daughter and not a son. But anyway, she's like, yeah, we got a place. So we're going through, I gotta tell you this story. We're going through this whole process of getting a room, you know, reserved or whatever and getting the keys and everything. And that little boy's back there and he's like, starts talking to me and I'm talking back to him. And finally he looks at me, he goes, Hey, where'd your hair go? And then of course his mom, the, the night clerk gets horribly embarrassed. And she's like, Oh my gosh, you can't say that. Whatever. And I was like, what? I was like, bro, come on, man. Where did my hair go? I was like, my hair migrated. Okay. It migrated. But anyway, he comes running around the outside, like out the door and into the lobby where I'm at. And he like does this like running face plant into my butt as I'm like walking out the door. Right. And I was like, yo, and I turned around to see him and he's grabbed my basketball shorts and he's pulling on him. He's about to pull my basketball shorts off. And I looked down at him and I was like, bro, like, you don't want to pull my shorts down. You're going to find out where my hair went. And then, of course, his mom got a big kick out of that. And that little boy's like, what? I found it to be very funny. His mom thought it was hilarious. But anyway, around it, it was totally worth 
stopping here because what it turns out to be is like, that was one of the cleanest hotels I've stayed in. And I don't know when, like, it was totally nice. Like it was like Renault. It was like a great place. It's like America's best value in or something in St. Robert, Missouri. So if any of you guys ever need a place to stop kicking your way along through St. Robert, Missouri or through Missouri and you come through St. Robert right there in the middle of the state and you need a cheap place. Like it was like under $90 y'all. It's like 83 bucks for the night and it was clean. It was nice. It was renovated. Like there was literally nothing about it that sketched me out for under 90 bucks. And it was like available on a freaking holiday weekend, like a big holiday weekend, a travel weekend. So anyway, like shout out to them, but you guys just need to know that. And also hang on to your basketball shorts. Like if you're in there, especially if you're checking in at night, there's a young lady behind the counter and her son's back there. Hang on to your basketball shorts. Cause he like, I don't know. He's a little handsy. He's trying to grab your shorts anyway around it. It was a great stay. It was a super clean place. And y'all, you want to talk about a welcome site. I've been driving for two or three hours that night, at least looking for a place to stay. And that was like, gosh, you know, you could say any port in a storm, but it actually ended up being a really, really nice port. And I enjoyed the heck out of it. Like it was, it was a welcome, um, surprise. It was a very pleasant surprise and it was welcome. But anyway, that's the end of day one. And actually we've run onto our 30 minutes easily. So like, let's go ahead and wrap up the first half of tonight's show and let's get our way to to commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what we figured out to do the next day, which turned out to be, you know, completely unexpectedly kind of came out of left field, but turned out to be like one of the most fun days I've had. And I can't remember when forever, ever exploring route 66 through the center part of Missouri. And there's a whole lot of it and a lot to see that is very interesting. So you guys are going to want to hear about that. So stick around and I will catch you guys on the other side of the commercial break. What is up? All of you wayward souls. I want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, Bendetti Optics, a brand based right here in the good old US of A, Portland, Oregon, to be exact. And I bought my first pair of Bendetti sunglasses about a year and a half ago and fell in love with them so much so that I got online and ordered a couple more pair. And when I did, there was a small shipping snafu, an order fulfillment snafu, and I got on the phone, gave them a call, and guess what? I get a call back from who? One of the big men themselves, right there in Portland, from the top of the chain. Have a great conversation, and we end up starting this great relationship we have. They more than made right, the little snafu that occurred, and I am now a huge proponent of them because I can tell you from personal experience, they are good people, and they are trying to compete with the big boys out there coming in at a price point of about $40, but using the exact same frame material, TR90, and the same polarization process as the big guys. As it turns out, something I think we are already probably knew in our hearts, when you buy big name sunglasses, you're buying a big name, not necessarily any more quality than you can get somewhere else, like at Ben Daddy Optics. They have 29 different styles. They have multiple polarization options for whatever climate you happen to live in. And they back it up with like this lifetime guarantee that if your dog eats your sunglasses, it doesn't matter how you break them. Send it back in with a check to cover shipping and handling and you're golden. You got a new pair on the way. These guys are truly trying to do it right. And they have this philosophy that a really good pair of sunglasses should not cost you so much that you are afraid to wear them. And I think all of us outdoorsmen can relate to that. So if you guys, like me, are very practical and like to get more bang for your buck and wear some great looking sunglasses, check out BendettiOptics.com. That's B-E-N-D-E. 
B-E-N-D-E-T-T-I optics.com or you can go over to Instagram slash Bendetti optics and that I highly suggest whether you buy a pair or not just to check out the cutest pupper you'll ever see modeling sunglasses. Once again, that's BendettiOptics.com and make sure and let them know Wayward Stories sent you. And welcome back. Thank you guys for hanging around through our sponsor break. And I hope that you guys will go and support those sponsors, whomever they happen to be in tonight's show. And I hope that you will let them know that Wayward Stories sent you because every time you let them know that you're buying from them, well, that lets them know to keep advertising with us. And that is good for the show. Anyway, let's get back into tonight's episode. So what's next? What did we do next? Well, as I am known to do, and as I've told you guys before, and even encouraged you guys to do many times, always stop and get the rack cards. Figure out what's local to the area. That's the best way to find out. You're staying in any hotel, you're in any area that has any kind of tourist like draw whatsoever. There are going to be racks with rack cards everywhere. Go out there, go through them, and grab anything that looks interesting. Pulaski County, Missouri, which is where St. Robert happens to be, which is where we landed after coming down from the Lake of the Ozarks in Haha Tonka State Park, is um, very, very much tourist-oriented. They are working real hard to bring in tourism, and so they have some really, really great brochures. Like, look at the size of this magazine, Pulaski County, Missouri, Um, for any of you watching on YouTube. Anyway, this is a great, great piece of work here. And there's more than just this. So we get all of these. And the one thing that keeps coming up in them is Route 66 in Pulaski County. They have 33 miles of it, guys. And all of you are aware of Route 66. And I've even done talked about it in previous episodes. I talked about um, Route 66 in the desert southwest. From Kingman, Arizona to Needles, California. Which is one of the neatest drives I've ever driven personally in my entire life. So I was like, you know what? That sounds like a good time tomorrow. We'll explore Route 66. We'll see how much of it there is. We'll see what there is to see. This would be awesome. We'll have a good time. And so that's exactly what we did. But I'm going to start with, and I'm going to use these guides given, um, handed out or left behind to be found by the, the wayward travelers such as ourselves by Pulaski County and uh, give them some credit for it because these are wonderful pieces of literature. They did an awesome job with this. But they've got a whole section in the middle. Historic Route 66, dedicated to their section of Route 66. And guys, they do. They have 33 miles of it. And it's really well-maintained, intact portions of Route 66 with some very freaking awesome stuff along the way that will take you back in time to those nostalgic days of Route 66 that all of us are so familiar with. I don't know if you guys can tell that I'm struggling here with um, some of my words. I'm actually suffering from some of that shortness of breath from COVID tonight. And uh, when you're doing a whole lot of talking for an hour, like, guys, that actually is a little bit of pain in the butt. So I hope that you will work with me here as I try to work with that. Um, but let's get into this. Let's start with where we started. First of all, where we started, we were kind of like right in the dead center of Pulaski County and St. Robert. Um, so we needed to go to one end of the other to kind of go through the whole county, right? So we decided to go to the far east end and come back to the west because where we live out here in Arkansas and is back to the west. Um, so we figured we'd go to the furthest point we wanted to start with and then work our way back. But before we headed out to the east end of the county and exit 169 off of Interstate 44, that's the number you need to know if you want to go explore what we explored, um, there's actually right there in St. Robert this amazing diner 
It's called the Route 66 Diner, and it looks like a spaceship. Not really. It doesn't look like a spaceship at all. Um, I, I say that because it is chrome. Like, it is all chrome. Like, 1,000% chrome. It shines like a beacon, y'all. And it is so, so, so retro. It so looks the part. And it is well-maintained. I was like, we were both like, um, how? How do they keep it so well-polished? It's a lot of surface area that is extremely chrome, extremely shiny. And we're also laughing about, like, they don't have a lot of hell damage. Like, you can see any hell damage. Like, it is really a fascinating-looking building. If you guys go check out my Instagram, um, Instagram.com forward slash, I believe it's waywardson119, um, you'll get a look at it because I'm going to drop that on Instagram because it's a really cool picture. I like Actually, it's one of my favorite pictures. I love it. Super cool, super cool diner, but it's right there in St. Robert and it was breakfast time. So I was like, you know what? They're open. They're making breakfast. And that's a great way to start a day exploring Route 66 through Missouri is at the Route 66 designer themed for, you know, quite appropriately. It was apropos for our adventure for the day. Let me tell you something. Cool building. Super great for pictures. Super picturesque. Y'all, it is great for your Insta. But the food. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I got this thing. I got this thing and they called it like some kind of a skillet. I don't know. It's like whatever. It's some kind of a breakfast skillet. But what mine was, was a country fried steak skillet for breakfast. Okay. So what it is, I mean, chicken fried steak, country fried steak, however you want to call it. I think the people mostly use those interchangeably though. I do believe there's a difference in the two, but it doesn't matter. It was chicken fried steak, little chunks of it, little cubes of it, all fried up like chicken fried steak, dumped in a skillet. With country style potatoes, which is just another way of saying fried taters, which is like one of my favorite things on the planet anyway, drenched in white gravy and then covered with your choice of eggs, the kind of eggs you want, which I had over easy. So two big fat over easy eggs dropped right on top of the skillet on top of these country fried potatoes, country fried steak and white gravy. And when you go to push through those eggs and you start chowing into that and all that Yellow runs out all through that. Hey guys, you guys. Oh my gosh. It was, it was, it was, um, an experience that, you know, there's only a few foods I think I've ever had that have really moved my soul. This breakfast, this country fried skillet breakfast thingy, the Route 66 Diner in St. Robert, Missouri, moved my soul and my bowels. And it was absolutely glorious. And I would suggest anyone go and give that a shot. And also we took a chocolate shake for the road because they are like well known for that. And let me tell you something, you and that hit the spot too. I don't even care if it's breakfast time. That chocolate shake was killer. It was actually moving kind of into lunchtime. It was more of a brunch time. So, you know, it worked. That chocolate shake was killer too, but I've never heard of such this little like skillet thing. Y'all it, it's, it's worth driving back up there for me. I'll tell you how good it was. It is worth driving back up there just to have that one day. And I think I will. Like they actually a lot of other stuff to, up there to explore and check out too. So I think I'm going to go back. And one of the primary draws may very well be that country fried steak skillet thingamajabber. And it was wonderful. But anyway, take a mental note of that and put it on your route because I bet it looks amazing at night. Didn't get to see it at night. We saw it at breakfast time, right? But it's all about the neon. And there is even a neon park along Route 66 through Pulaski County, which I will actually... um 
say, I'll read a bit about that to you because I'm going to get in and I'm going to use their literature a lot for this. I'm going to tell you about our experience, but I'm going to use their literature some so you get the fullest kind of idea of the experience here. So from Pulaski County's tourist literature about Route 66, take a memorable trip down our stretch of the mother road. Ready for a twisting, turning 33-mile trip through time? No other roadway in American history has evoked a sense of reverence, nostalgia, and wonderlust quite like Route 66. Running from Chicago to Los Angeles, the famed highway brought visitors from all over the country to Pulaski County in its heyday. Today, tributes and vestiges of the Mother Road can be found around Ozark Country, which itself holds a very special piece of Route 66 history. Signed into law in 1927 as one of the original U.S. highways and completely paved by 1938, Route 66, Route 66 became a primary route for vacationers bound for Los Angeles. When Fort Leonard Wood was established in 1940, the subsequent traffic boom brought new businesses and residences to an area known as Eatsville, which would later be incorporated as St. Robert in 1951. The halfway point of Missouri, described by author Jack D. Rittenhouse as one of the most beautiful sections of the Ozarks. One, the Pulaski County portion of Route 66 marks the halfway point between St. Louis and Joplin. Characterized by lush, breathtaking views, this drive offers an unparalleled vantage point of the rivers carving through limestone and dolomite, creating stunning bluffs that overlook the Ozark Valleys and making Pulaski County the perfect spot to stop for the night on your cross-state trek. All of that is actually quite eloquently put, and it really does kind of highlight what Route 66 nostalgia is. And it's something I actually wanted to talk about, you know, a little bit when I started talking about or thinking about talking about Route 66 tonight and what our adventure was this weekend. What does evoke that nostalgia? Because there's not a single one of us alive that are listening to this show anyway. There may be a few people left out there, but that like actually remember Route 66 for what it was for that American quintessential road trip nuclear family heyday. I mean, the the interstate highway system was started to be built in the 1960s. Like Interstate 40, I'd have to look and see when Interstate 40 was built. But Interstate 40 basically replaced Route 66 starting in Oklahoma all the way to freaking Bakersfield, right? And it was far more efficient drive, though not nearly as pretty or picturesque, even though it follows essentially the same route. But you know how interstate corridors are. Route 66 was the ribbon road, as they called it. Where does that nostalgia that we all have come from? It was way before my time. Like, it has to be from, like, TV shows, right? Or, like, old clips from some of those, like, I don't know, maybe they were tourism promos or something, you know? And they'd have the guy talking like this. He's like, here we see the quintessential American family headed west to Los Angeles on Route 66. You know, like, where does that come from? But it's in the zeitgeist. It's in all of our collective conscious. And like Route 66 to this day absolutely captivates the minds of so many people. And people hunt it down, search it out, and want to drive it and try to relive a little bit of that nostalgia. They want to relive what to them in their mind is like a simpler time with the nuclear family. Which, yeah... For some people, it was a simpler time, but I'm an anthropologist and a sociologist, and y'all don't want to get me started because it'll sound preachy, but um, it was only a simpler time for a very small, elite handful of people, and for the rest of the world, it still sucked pretty bad. 
And if you have any social awareness whatsoever, and you think about how life was for everyone that wasn't white in the 1950s and 60s, you have a pretty good idea what I'm talking about. But not to take away from the fact that, yes, it was a simpler time for some people. And it was, I mean, it does have that nostalgia. It does have that nostalgia. I am subject to it myself. It takes me in. Okay. And I love it. I love, why did I hunt down that section of route 66 out in Arizona when I was driving to San Francisco and back all those times, because I wanted to experience it. I wanted to see it. I wanted to see something that I can't go see anymore. A, a, a road trip that can't hardly be taken anymore. Um, it captures the imagination and there are sections of it still extant all the way from Chicago, all the way to Los Angeles. And there are people that seek it out. And we even ran across a crew doing something a little bit like that. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But first, let's talk about basically Pulaski County section, because that is the primary section that we drove and explored. So if you want to go do what we did, this is what you need to do. You start at exit 169, which is at the east side of the county off of Interstate 44, crossing the state, and you exit off onto Highway Z, and then that's it. That's Route 66. And it does take a little work to make your way all the way through the county because there's places where it becomes another, you know, county highway, this and that and the other, even though it always has a sign that says Historic Route 66. There's some places where you have to jump the interstate, you have to jump um, access roads, so you kind of have to work your way through it. But essentially, you get off at exit 169 if you're starting at the east end of the county, and you start following it, and you go through a place called Devil's Elbow. You go to St. Robert, which is where we kind of were just talking about, Waynesville, Buckhorn, Lackey, and then you kind of finish at exit 145, and that's it for Pulaski County. We did more than that, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But this section, that's it, framed by Pulaski County. Exit 169 to exit 145 of Interstate 44, essentially. You hop off at either one of those, and you just follow the signs, and you use your Google Maps, and hopefully stop and grab one of these handy little guidebooks that you can get anywhere in Pulaski County. This historic driving tour actually served us very, very well. Um, historic driving tour, Pulaski County map. Served us very, very well. So grab a couple of those and you can get this done. But it starts off for us at essentially Devil's Elbow. So I'm going to read to you about Devil's Elbow real quick. Scenic wonder of Missouri. And this is like just after you start from the east side of Route 66 in Pulaski County. You're not very far in. And you come across this scenic wonder of Missouri. Bound by the Big Piney River. Devil's Elbow features an eclectic mix of romantic tie rafter legends, colorful characters, and a breathtaking landscape. In fact, the 200-foot bluffs around Devil's Elbow have been described as one of the seven scenic wonders of Missouri. Devil's Elbow is also home to a historic steel truss bridge dedicated on July 4, 1924. The scenic overlook just west of Devil's Elbow provides an exhilarating view of the railroad bridge below. Okay. Devil's Elbow, Big Piney River, absolutely gorgeous and a super, super cool place to go and stop. We got out there and we walked all over that bridge and we took our photographs, got all kinds of cool pictures of it. The Big Piney River right there, y'all, it is. There's 200 foot bluffs in the distance. The river is crystal clear. It's got this nice green tint to it. It is absolutely gorgeous. And the bridge itself is kind of an engineering wonder. It has a curve in the bridge, which is one of only two in Missouri. And if I'm guessing properly, 
The other one is also on Route 66, the original Chain of Rocks Bridge in St. Louis, because it has a 45 degree bend in it. That's for a different episode someday, and something that I kind of saw every damn day when I was working in St. Louis, but never actually got the chance to get out and walk on. But it has a 45 degree in the bridge, okay? And I don't know if that's what the other one is, but I think it's probably got to be. But it's also on Route 66 in Missouri. Anyway, around it, this bridge got a little curve on one of the approaches, and it's got the awesome steel trusses. It was actually built, according to the builder's plaque, 1923, when you walk up on it, which means it's 100 years old this year, right? We're in 2023, correct? So it's 100 years old this year, dedicated 100 years ago next year. And it is a freaking wonder to see, guys, and you can still drive across it. You can cruise your little booty right across it, and it's super cool. Um, when we were there, we came across, and this is what I was going to talk about, um, that we found a group of people who were seeking out Route 66. We came across a ginormous group of bikers, multinational bikers, mind you. As we were coming up on the bridge, these guys were hooting and laughing and hollering. They were bikers. They were loud and obnoxious, like you expect out of bikers. And like they were speaking in what appeared to be French to me. And then I heard something else that sounded a whole lot like Italian. And then we started realizing we're looking at all their patches on their, on their jackets and on the flags on their bikes. Y'all, and we were starting to, I was actually kind of proud of how much geography I remembered by national flags. But we were able to pick out Argentina, Chile, Peru. Um, we were able to pick out several. I mean, that's all South America right there. And then we picked out several from continental Europe. There was uh, Portugal. There was Spain, like Espanola. It, it, they were all across the board, guys. Like they were all across the board from all over the world. And it was a giant group of bikers. And they were riding 66 because we got to look at them over later. We ran into them again. We'll talk about that in a minute. But these guys were there from all over the world riding this giant bike tour, I guess. And they were taking 66. Were they just going through Missouri? I don't know. Didn't talk to them. I don't know if they were going across the U.S. But these guys... They got around and it was actually kind of cool. Think about that. People came from all over the world to ride their motorcycles down sections of Route 66. When you talk about how famous is Route 66, how ubiquitous in the zeitgeist is Route 66, that encapsulates it. People came from South America. They came from continental Europe. It's like this big group and came together for this big ride and they're cruising down route 66 and we just happened to cross them right there in devil's elbow. And it was actually kind of cool. It's kind of cool experience. Um, but devil's elbow is something that you're definitely going to see if you take this upon yourself to take this little driving tour through Pulaski County and guys, it's worth taking the time to stop, get out, explore the bridge, take your photographs, go over to the far end where they have what was once apparently it's now the devil's elbow Inn, and it's under renovation. There was a giant flood apparently recently that did lots of damage and they're trying to save a lot of the structures there. Um, but it's now the devil's elbow Inn, and it's still closed. But it used to be like the Munger Moss sandwich shop a hundred freaking years ago when the bridge was first like built. And um, it's a very cool thing to go see. It's really interesting architecture of the building. But what's really interesting is it's like the best angle to get a picture of the bridge. Honestly, there's not a lot of great angles of that bridge, but it's a super cool bridge. And I got a picture of it that I'll also be dropping on my Instagram for you guys to see and kind of have an idea of where to go get a picture of it. But walk all the way across the bridge, take your pictures from the other side, just explore it, see the natural beauty. The bridge alone is really cool. 
I love historic trust bridges. I'm just, again, a nerd like that. But if you get out and you really look around, guys, this river, this river is gorgeous. Big Piney River was gorgeous. The bluffs were gorgeous. Man, you want to talk about look like fishing. You want to talk about getting the freaking hunger to go down there and catch a fishy. I was looking up from this bridge, looking down at all these fish swimming around in the water, looking at all the deep holes and the eddies and like, oh my gosh, the fishing is probably incredible. The smallmouth are probably incredible, which they always are in the Ozarks. Um, Guys, that's something else that was decided on this trip. A float trip adventure is forthcoming somewhere in the central parts of Missouri on the Big Piney and the Gasconade and some of these other places that we saw up there. Um, That's probably going to start happening in the future because they look like they very much rival a lot of what we have here in our Arkansas Ozarks. And I just feel like I need to be like a well-rounded out Ozark outdoorsman, right? I'm from the Ozarks originally. Some of my blood is from the Ozarks. I just feel like to be well-rounded, I need to float as many of the Missouri Ozark rivers as I can. And um, there's some freaking gorgeous ones that were seen on this little adventure. So let's move on down the road. The next thing in line after you leave Devil's Elbow, the next thing we came across was a place called Sweetwater's Barbecue. And it was not lunchtime yet, but we wanted to stop because we wanted to get a bottle of the barbecue sauce because it's super famous, um, apparently. And the name alone, like there was like some personal meaning attached to that. I was like, you know what, let's stop and get a bottle of barbecue sauce. Well, we found our biker friends again who had just decided to park all 8,400 of their bicycles in the very dead center of the parking lot where nobody else could park anywhere near it because that's just how they roll. It was wonderful. Anyway, we had to stand in line forever and a day just to get this bottle of barbecue sauce. But Sweetwater's Barbecue, it is a happening place, y'all. And it has rave reviews. It has been around for like eons, apparently. We didn't get to eat any of it. We just got the barbecue sauce. But given to understand, it is like an iconic Route 66 stop. And so just so you know, that's next on your tour and the next place you need to go. Once you leave Sweetwaters, the next place that you're going to come across is somewhere that um I think I've probably talked about on this show before because you drive by it on Interstate 44. The many times I drove to St. Louis and back, I believe I've probably mentioned it. But the next place you come across is the Uranus Fudge Factory right there on Route 66. And there's not a lot to say about Uranus Fudge Factory that they don't say for themselves. And, and essentially their slogan is, the best fudge comes from Uranus. And I have to say, it's a cheeky place. It is. It is, um, I'll, I'll say this for it. It's the euphemism capital of the world. Um, they lean heavily on the euphemisms. It is, um, full of lowbrow humor. Lots of, lots of fun. And I'll say this about Uranus. It was interesting to explore Uranus. Um, we, we poked around in Uranus for a while and, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a good time in Uranus. And I will say this, that the only thing about Uranus that was really kind of awkward was how many other people are in Uranus at the same time as, you know, you, as I am. And it's kind of awkward to run into people in Uranus at the same time. Like it's just close, you know, it's kind of a small place. Uranus is a pretty tight quarters to run into that many people. Um, to all be in Uranus at the same time, but it, it, it was 
pretty fun. You know, it's kind of a one-time kind of thing. Like, you know, Uranus, not something that people are going to want to go back to over and over again. But it's kind of fun to try once. Go check out Uranus one time. You know, see what it's like. And then from there, yeah, it's kind of up to you if you ever want to go back to Uranus again or not. Like, it's not going to be for everyone all the time. But I'll say it, it's, it's kind of a fun place to to poke around in. It's a fun place to check out. And it make they make pretty f- good fudge, I'm given to understand. I, I decided not to try it. I'm not really a fudge factory kind of guy so much, um, especially from Uranus. But everyone loves it, I'm told. Anyway, Uranus, fudge factory, lots of euphemisms. Euphemisms abound. That's the best thing I can tell you. From there, you're going to leave Uranus uh, uh, and see an engineering triumph for the day that it was made, which is hook or cut. And I swear to God, you can't make this up. <laughs> hook or cut. It's just past Uranus. And um, it's rumored to be the deepest road cut. In America, I'm reading it right here from the book. You can't make this up. It's been described as an engineering triumph and truly a joy to the traveler. Everything now is a euphemism and I can't help it. Oh my God. Everything's a euphemism. I can't read it any other way. Anyway, travel back in time to the Hooker Church. That's curveball. And cemetery, which dates to the early 1900s and, and offers a glimpse of life in those simpler times. The hooker cut is, uh, is, it is quite beautiful. No euphemisms intended. It's quite beautiful. It's very deep cut, just straight out the side of the mountain. And you're driving right down route 66, right through the hooker cut after you leave Uranus. And, um, it's a fun part of the driving tour. It truly is. Um, and from there, you're going to end up in St. Robert, which is where we kind of started because that was just the way it worked out. But like, you're going to end up in St. Robert and St. Robert has the 66 diner that we talked about, but it also has the route 66 neon park. And this, we did not get to experience. This would have been at night. And actually, I don't know that it's even open. Actually, let me read this. Originally the route 66 boomtown of Eatsville, St. Robert pays tribute to its roots along the mother road with the route 66 neon park at George M. Reed roadside park. Beautifully restored neon signs light the night sky once again at this historical attraction opening soon. In the meantime, get up close with a real-life M60 tank commemorating the influence of Fort Leonard Wood on the region. Okay, so it's not quite open yet, but be on the lookout for that, guys. I bet that's super awesome. Route 66. Restored Route 66 neon signs. Like, how freaking awesome is that? That's fascinating to me. I love it. I freaking love it. Um, after that, you're going to run up on Waynesville. It is the birthplace of the, the byway. And it says here in Waynesville, visitors will be delighted to spot the kitschy frog rock, a painted geological formation that harkens back to the roadside attractions travelers used to spot along route 66. And that's a good point. That's one of the things about route 66, especially out in Arizona and New Mexico. You guys may remember the concrete teepees, like the hotels you could stay in that were made like a giant teepee. Um, you know, freaking dinosaurs along the route. Like there were so many things that were people's attempts to try to draw in all that traffic. You're coming down 66. You're on a family vacation. You're headed to the Grand Canyon from God knows where in the Midwest. And they're trying to draw you in and sell you those little plastic bows and arrows and sheriff's badges. So you could play cowboys and Indians with cap guns, you know, the kids, 
that's kind of like one of the things about 66 was all of the awesome attractions along the way. And they do. They have this rock that looks a whole lot like a frog. And it's painted now to look like a frog. And it does kind of harken back to that. Anyway, there's a lot of really cool history right there in Waynesville. They have a walking tour that you can get a brochure for. It's something for you to check out while you're there. Yeah, there's a lot going on on Route 66 there in Pulaski County. And I believe there's one more bridge, which you come across right there. I think it's Robido. Actually, Creek is right there in Waynesville, and they got a pretty cool old, old Route 66 bridge. Um, and you can go down in their little park right there, and you can kind of check out the Robodeau Creek or River, I believe it's called. But a little bit further down, you come up on the Gasconade River, and there's more Route 66 bridges to check out along the way that way. And it's just super cool, guys. It took us all day, okay? Like, I kind of just lined that out pretty fast, but if you're stopping, everywhere along the way and checking out these bridges and all these little so roadside attractions. It's so much fun, guys. It was like a whole day of exploring Route 66 in Missouri. I mean, it didn't really end for us there. Like, and we're getting close to the end of the episode. So I'll go ahead and kind of carry us on home here. Um, and it's talk for a few more minutes about this, but like we didn't just end there in Pulaski County. You can keep following 66 and it's well marked on Google maps. And we actually took 66 starting at exit 169 there, um, on the East end of Pulaski County, took it all the way through Pulaski County, all 33 miles. But then we kept following it guys all the way to Springfield and all the way into Springfield. That's a whole lot of route 66 to drive. There aren't nearly as many attractions from Pulaski County on west towards Springfield. But what I can tell you is it is gorgeous countryside on the original ribbon road, the mother road y'all. And you see all these really cool old attractions that are like rotting away up in, in the trees and stuff. We got out and explored an old service station and probably a restaurant. And that's part of the fun is trying to figure out what was this? What did this used to be? Because you can almost picture it. You know, you can picture those old movies and the, the the video clips that you can come across on like YouTube and the way things were when Route 66 was popping. And you're kind of standing here and looking at this structure 50 years later, and it's literally overgrown by trees. It's literally overgrown by ivy. You could barely see like the awning and the pull through of this building that we were trying to explore. There's so much cool stuff like that all along 66. And it's got this, it's kind of got this urbex feel to it. Like you're kind of exploring your way through a piece of American history. It really is a cultural thing. And you're exploring your way along through it and seeing these, these remnants left over on the side of the road. And I don't know, there's something really fascinating about that. There's something really um, interesting and engaging about that. And it takes you back in time. And we were both actually talking about how there were points where it's like, I was, you're kind of imagining it. You're kind of like ignoring the fact that interstate 44 is over there next to you and trying to imagine this the way it was 60 years ago and what it would have been like for those travelers. And there's something really beautiful about that. The nostalgia of that. And I can see now why people get so into 
trying to travel the mother road, drive as much of it as they can, you know, try to drive it in every state. Like, I think we kind of decided between the two of us that that's probably bucket trip for us now. That's probably bucket list, I mean, for us is to drive as much 66 as we can when we take adventures across the country, anywhere, Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, California, anywhere you're at. Oklahoma, even Missouri, there's still more to do. I'm going to have to go back up to St. Louis so I can walk on the, the chain of rocks bridge, which I should have done when I was working there for two years, but never actually got out onto the bridge. I saw it every day almost. Um, but it definitely captures your imagination and Pulaski County here in Missouri did an amazing job. Like they have worked together as a bunch of chambers of commerces. Like they've worked really well together to put together some awesome literature and to preserve route 66 history. And I bet there are more counties in Missouri that have, because it was one of the first States to designate it as a historic byway. Um, after it was decommissioned as a U.S. state highway. And I just got a feeling that there's more in Missouri to explore on Route 66. And I'm going to have to look into that. But Pulaski County deserves a big shout out because they've done a wonderful job of preserving their section of it, drawing attention to it and trying to bring people in to explore it. And so I'm telling you guys, this is a great weekend getaway for any of you guys here in middle America, anywhere around. Be a great weekend for you guys to go check out the center part of Missouri. Explore the Missouri Ozarks, which are so freaking gorgeous, guys. They're absolutely gorgeous. Um, they're different than our Arkansas Ozarks. It's more of the highlands, but there's still some very dramatic landscapes to be seen. They're absolutely gorgeous. The rivers are gorgeous. They remind me of the Buffalo River. They remind me of the Mulberry River. It's all the Ozarks, baby. It deserves your time. They have worked hard to earn your money. So I highly suggest you go give them some of it. Drive their section of the mother road. Try this crazy skillet breakfast thing that I had at a really cool retro diner. Like go again, go to my Instagram and check out some of these pictures. I will get them dropped by the time I drop this episode. So you guys can explore and check it out. Um, but anyway, around it, that's what my Memorial Day weekend looked like. We started out with no plan actually not even sure if anything was going to happen because we were sick and it ended up turning into this really cool weekend exploration of Haha ha Tonka State Park and ended up in this pretty nice little hotel for on the cheap which was a super bonus and then having an amazing breakfast at a freaking retro diner and exploring my way all the way from central Missouri all the way to the west part of the state on route 66 and I never even considered it in Missouri but there it is. And they have a lot of awesome stuff to check out, guys. Something that I think any of you, again, here in the middle part of the country should think about going to do. And outside of that, if you're not in the U.S., if you're anywhere else in the world, this is a perfect example of what I've told you guys for so long. And I am a huge proponent of and have been for all these years now that I've been making this show, trying to get you guys off your tuchuses and get you out there living. You don't have to look far to find something interesting to do. Like you may think, oh, I can't drive to the, I don't go to the Grand Canyon, or I gotta go to Yosemite, or I need to go to the Great Smoky Mountains, or I need to go to where the hell ever. No, you don't. Those need to happen too, yeah. And I'm all about them myself. I'll never tell you not to, you know, I'm all about them myself. But there's exciting stuff to explore right out your front door 
that you can do on the cheap that won't cost you a bunch of money. And literally, I'm like here taking away all your excuses to why you can't get out and do stuff anywhere you live. If you look hard enough, there's something awesome to check out all around you. Anyway, I think that's wrapping us up for tonight, guys. We've definitely pushed over our hour. I am actually feeling fairly accomplished that I got an entire episode out tonight. I can't breathe. My head hurts and I'm somewhat disoriented still from this COVID crap. And it's been a little bit of a challenge, but I think we got it done. I hope that you guys find it interesting and that this was a good episode. I hope it was a good episode. I don't know. It's mostly a blur now at this point to me. You guys can write in and let me know as always at my wayward story at gmail.com or you can go over to our website for anything else. The nexus of information is always waywardstories.com. Again, if you guys want to support the show, please go over to patreon.com forward slash wayward stories and you can support us financially. Or if you want to do it the cheapest, easiest way, Just go, please leave us a rating and review on the podcast player of your choice. Leave comments, share the YouTube videos to your favorite groups. If you have an episode you think they'll like, just help us get the word out there. It is guerrilla marketing and it is a tough world for independent artists like myself that aren't associated with places like iHeartRadio and all of these major corporations. Anyway, support independent artists. I appreciate all of you guys. And I thank you for coming back week after week and all of the wonderful interactions we have. And I look forward to seeing you guys again here in another two weeks where we will talk about yet again. I have no idea what, but we'll have something together for you guys. Until then, you guys go out there, find something to get into and remember to be good to each other. 